Hello and welcome to the NFL Blitz. Coming up on today's show, we preview all games from week 6 of the NFL season as the Chiefs and Bills look for an impressive bounce-back win, the Steelers and Browns being one of the more interesting fixtures of the week and how the Falcons will cope after the firing of Dan Quinn. We also review the Week 5 game between the Titans and Bills as Tennessee run out strong winners. Plus, Bally's chief COVID is spreading and Herbert is favoured for Rookie of the Year. That's all coming up on Saturday's NFL Blitz. And welcome to the show today. I hope you're doing well. I hope this podcast finds you in good health as per usual. Remember, if you want to maybe switch podcast providers, I don't know. Remember to go to anchor.fm forward slash NFL Blitz if you want to see where you can find this podcast. And remember to go to the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com if you want to see our writing on the NFL and on other sporting subjects. We uploaded the Week 5 Power Rankings recently. We've also been writing about the NBA with the NBA Finals Review up and the Premier League, which I had to scrap one of the articles about because it was already redundant before it was going to be published but I did write about the pay-per-view cost which is only very slightly a lot ridiculous. As well as that we are back on URY as well, University Radio York. We're going to be doing the football shows again so a beautiful pre-game which starts every Saturday at two o'clock and as well as that we'll be on a beautiful game as well. That's me and Josh. We'll be on a beautiful game as well, doing the football coverage. So, it's really nice to be back. It's quite a surprise to be back, because obviously I had all the big leaving stuff last year, and I wrote an article about student radio on the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. And, yeah, it's just, it's quite surprising to be back, but it's nice to be back. And so you can listen to us every Saturday, 2 through 3 for pre-game, and then 3 through 5 for a beautiful game with a weekend review going out 6 through 7, which I might struggle to make because you might know this is an NFL podcast and I might be watching the NFL games at that point. But that's not this football, that is a different football, let's crack on with this football instead. Okay, and on the NFL Blitz today, as per usual, Josh and Will, hello. Hi there. Hello, um, hello, hello. We've got some good fixtures to preview, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, yeah, uh, the world of sports seems to be picking up a bit, so excited. Yeah. It seems to be there picking seems... COVID as well, though. Wow, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Colts picked it up this week, as well as the Falcons. Yeah. Both Woo. facilities shut down, so... Yay. We have a sponsor, Oh. and I'll be honest, this was written before the news about a particular signing was made, but this episode of the NFL Blitz is sponsored by Le'Veon Bell's New York Excursion, because the grass isn't always gangrena. <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> by your reaction, did you think it was genuine? <laughs> No, but... This is sponsored no. by Squarespace, <laughs> like every other podcast on the planet Earth. Yes. It's not. I mean, it would be funny. I, please get us Squarespace. Is Squarespace, yeah. if you're listening, please Look. sponsor us. <laughs> We're Even poor students, we, like... we need the money. Exactly. Yeah. Or Skillshare, that's the other one. Yeah. Everyone's sponsored by. One of them. <laughs> Judging by the number of listeners we get... I don't think we're going to get a sponsorship soon, to be perfectly honest. What? You, you shock and sadden me, Alex. It, it speaks volumes. I was looking back at an old episode of A Beautiful Game, and it had something like 40 views, and that blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> so, and 20 wait, of those what? views were me, sorry. Yeah, 20 of them views were you, which explains a lot because it was your first episode. 
Wait. One of the topics of conversation, should Ole Gunnar Solskjaer be given the job on a full-time basis? Um, we don't have to discuss that. <laughs> um, this is the NFL Blitz, Alex. I'd appreciate if you stuck the topic. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go into the game then that we couldn't review on Wednesday's podcast because I was not willing to wake up early and do a late recording and add it onto the podcast because laziness. Tennessee Titans 42, Buffalo Bills 16. I didn't see that result coming. Neither did I. That was... Yep, that was a thing. It was definitely a thing, and you'd did say it was... Did we an official prediction for this game? We did do predictions for this game, yes. Okay. We all got but, it wrong? Yes, we all got it wrong. Yeah. But I would say that it's a surprise because the Titans haven't had adequate chance to practice, but as we all know, they, they did. Um, yeah, this was a really weird one for me. Um, the Bills looked formidable. They weren't the side of last season who was only beating teams below 500. Uh, looked solid defensively and actually decided to add on to uh, last season with real potency in attack. So, I mean, I didn't see this coming. I don't think either of you guys did either. And I didn't think it'd be a close game uh, to boot. So, yeah, really shocking result. Yeah, absolutely, and Ryan Tannehill, so, sorry, and Ryan Tannehill, that's my warning to Josh that we're talking about a former Miami player who's flourished since leaving. Ryan Tannehill, 21 for 28, three touchdowns, pass rating of 129.3, which was needed because Derek Henry, again, only three yards per carry. Wow, that's considering last season. season. Yeah, no, he has, he, yeah, he I doesn't mean... seem to have reached those those heights. Alex, could I just say, the um, energy with which you said flourishing triggered <laughs> me. Sorry, Will, uh, floor is yours, mate. No, no, I was just going to say, I don't think he's being schemed entirely as a kind of big yards running back, though. I think he is because he is Derrick Henry and he is an absolute truck of a human being, just being given the ball and told, bash through as many dudes as possible and see what you can pick up, and that usually ends up around three yards. I mean, just, you know, you can see how absolutely massive he is. I mean, in that game, mm. he sent Josh Norman to the Shadow Realm. That was hilarious. Like, he just stiff-armed him into the dirt, and Josh Norman is not like a small man. This isn't like someone beating up on Kyler Murray, who in NFL terms might as well be a midget. Like, he's six feet and 200 pounds. Like, he is not a small man, and yet he just got absolutely destroyed by Derrick Henry. I mean, you know, this is... He's not being suited to, like, take a screen pass and, like, run it, you know, 20 yards or whatever. Like, he's being told, there's a bunch of really big guys, you are a bigger guy, go and just smash through them. That's all well and good, but if you're going at three yards per carry, you are not staying on schedule, which means you might as well just not bother with the running game it, it it doesn't matter if if you're breaking 100 tackles, three yards per carry is not getting you anywhere anytime soon. And I'm pretty sure, though, I can't find it because ESPN's website is lovely. Not sponsored by them, if you can tell. He had far better stats last year in terms of yards per carry. I'm pretty sure it was close to six or seven. Um, I know, sorry, it was um, it was 5.5. 
So, yeah. that's staying on schedule. You need to be at least over four to be staying on schedule. Three is just not good enough. He'll probably start to pick up at some point again. Like, mm. I, I honestly, I... Oh, you'd expect so, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's just, it's one game he'll find some way to absolutely ball out. But, you know, this team in general is not looking like a team that relies on, like, super flashy plays. Like, Ryan Tannehill is coming to oh, his yeah, own, yeah. but this this just feels like a solid team, you know? Hmm. You know what it reminds me of, just because I was watching it yesterday? It reminds me of the 2004 Detroit Pistons, the sort of going to work here, the, and sort of, like, not having any flashy over the top ability not having a real superstar but being able to get the job done and being really solid no matter who you take on yeah i agree with that it seems to be a team that's more than the sum of its parts obviously you've got some players who i was going to say are standout or should be standout in uh, Tannehill and uh, Derek (laughs) Henry but it's the work ethic and the sort of the team ethic I think uh, with the Tennessee side is more important than that in a way obviously when you've got Derek Henry performing at his best he's unstoppable that's obviously going to give you an edge but I don't think that's what the team ethos is about yeah absolutely the Buffalo Bills are 4 and 1 the Tennessee Titans are 4 and 0 and we'll be going on to who they'll be facing later on so, prediction scores from last week then, because we couldn't do it on Wednesday's show. Will finish top on 10 and 4, me and Josh both getting 9 and 5, everyone got a correct Ooh. lock. So, that means that Josh is still first based on the fact he was first last week. 53 and 21, 5 and 0 lock record. Will is second also on 53 and 21 with a 5 and 0 lock record. And I am third, still Far behind 49 and 25, 3 and 2. It's the first time I've had a winning lock record all season, which really speaks volumes as to how my <laughs> predictions have been going. I only got two wrong last year in total. <sighs> I mean, yeah, Alex, um, much like Derek Henry, you're just, you had a great season last season, but your form's <laughs> just not picked up. And yeah. you, you, you're, you're not on schedule. Mate. I'm, not, I'm on not, schedule. not on schedule. <laughs> I'm not on schedule, absolutely. Anyway, we are going to go around the virtual room and preview all games from week six of the NFL season. We'll be predicting as we go along. And when we come to one team we think are guaranteed to win, we'll be locking that team up. We're going to do this once a week. And lucky, Will has the first overall pick again. Alrighty, alrighty. Then that means I will pick, well, the kind of big marquee matchup of the day. It will be Chiefs and Bills. Yep. Yeah, so this game is a battle of prospective AFC champions if the Titans don't come in again and try and make a crack at the title. Uh, The Chiefs have been struggling these past few weeks. You know, they've won ugly and they've lost. Um, I think that this is going to be a game where they need to show that they are still kind of on top of the pack, as it were, and they can win clean against a good team that's coming off of a pretty fat loss. And, you know, for the Bills as well, this is going to be hey, the the loss against the Titans last week was us just not being prepared enough. We know the Chiefs. We can you know, face them on their own terms, and we can win. At the same time, the Chiefs just added, you know, star running back Le'Veon Bell, who evidently did not have a good time in uh, New York with Adam Gase, but every player uh, looks better once they're out from under the thumb of Adam Gase, so it is highly <laughs> possible that the Chiefs just get him there um 
you know, both Belle and Clyde the Glide, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire, uh, you know, all the other things that have been going on. Uh, they combine for, you know, some stupid amount of rushing yards and, and get going. I think the Bills in this case have a deficiency in that department. I think that um, Josh Allen has been looking really good, and I think it's going to be incumbent on him to really take advantage of what's looking like a weaker Chiefs defense uh, to win, if, if at all possible. And Patrick Mahomes, at the same time, needs to, I guess, start making his game more consistent. Like, he usually has the talent to bail himself out of sticky situations by just throwing some ridiculous, like, 20-yard pass to a wide receiver on third and nine. Um, you know, that may not be able to work as much in the future. So he needs to start taking opportunities where he can give them, uh, maybe start passing more checkdowns to running backs because, you know, Le'Veon Bell is really good at his job and, you know, keep it moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned it, Josh Allen last week, sub-80 pass rate against the Titans. Just not good enough, really needs to bounce back performance. The Bills did run for over four yards per carry against the Titans, which is good. The Chiefs ranked 29th in rushing defence. have not really been tested, and it looked like they hadn't been tested when Josh Jacobs was just allowed to run over them. They, they didn't really look ready at all, so being able to get the rush game going for the Bills would be really good. If they had a better running back, say, uh, I don't know, someone who can catch out the backfield and, and can run as well, that would have been useful. But they've never been linked with anyone like that, so I don't know how they could have signed someone. Shame there's not really been anyone good come out onto the open market recently. The Chiefs are usually good at defending the pass, so that's not great news for Josh Allen, but they did have a particularly poor week against Derek Carr last time out. I believe it was something like a 126 passer rating, so super excellent. Mahomes is still performing, as we expect. 13 touchdowns and interception, a passer rating of 107.3 overall though last week was by far his worst performance the bills though pass rating allowed is 23rd in the league and the bills rush defense is quite meh but we've mentioned Le'Veon Bell don't expect him to get many runs because obviously he's very new to this offense he has a lot to learn before Eric Bieniemy will properly unleash him how important is it that the Chiefs win this game I think it's vitally important. Um, they need to get back, uh, get back to winning ways uh, for sure. I don't think. I think it's fair to say, should I say, that they're not quite the force they were last season. They were still digging themselves out of holes last season, um, especially in the postseason. And Patrick Mahomes is having to do that again. Um, it's uh, like Will says, an inconsistency in Patrick Holmes, an inconsistency, and this is the way to do it. You have to, the mark of uh, a good side is to win and win when you're not playing well. And to an extent, they've done that, but there's a little bit of a threat that they become unraveled. So, uh, yeah, vitally important against the side, which, okay, they might have uh, lost last time out, but they're still a formidable, formidable side, the, the Bills, and they still have a great defence and uh, weapons in single three and dig so uh yeah um a tough matchup for the chiefs but one they they have to win yeah um yeah, I, I go on no i was gonna say if they do use Le'Veon bell at all it is likely to be as a blocking running back he is like half a foot taller than clyde edwards alaire um so you know just in you know just inherently that creates a better matchup yeah and We've spoken about the Bills. If they win, 
do we consider them serious contenders for the AFC? I think so. I think they. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yep. they've they've really added to to what they were having last season. They looked they looked okay. They looked slightly better than mediocre. They had a great defense, but they've they've really added to that this season. They look actually dynamic on the other side of the ball. So uh, yeah, if they were to be an opposition with this caliber of of talent, then yeah, why not? Yeah, let's see if we think they will. Then the four and one Kansas City Chiefs travel to the home and one Buffalo Bills on the Monday Night Football. I'm taking a Chiefs win. I, I'm also going to take a Chiefs win. As much as I, as much as these teams both had bad losses last week, I am the Chiefs game was closer, and I am more confident in their ability to take that loss and turn it into a vengeful win. Yeah. I think that's. I think like Will says, that's the crucial point. I think uh, the Chiefs have a bit more talent and uh, dynamism to actually go out and uh, really put these to the sword if they wanted to, and they got into the position to do so. So yeah, Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. That means I have the next pick, and I uh, I don't want to. But the next game on my list is Browns at Steelers. You know, I've been. I was nervous for Browns games when they in the year they went zero and sixteen. <laughs> so, in fact, maybe the when we played the zero and fifteen Browns, that might have been the worst because you know we had to win, and if we didn't, we'd be laughed at for the rest of time. So maybe this is actually somewhat better than that, but it's not. Anyway, Ben Roethlisberger. Playing as well as always. Nice to see that he's back playing as we would have expected. 239 yards and three touchdowns. A pass rate of 125.4 against the Philadelphia Eagles. His total now on the season. 10 touchdowns, one interception, 254 yards per game. A 110.4 passer rating, which yes, is better than Patrick Mahomes. But no, he hasn't had to take on the same sides. The Steelers' past game seems to have a new best wide receiver every week. Last week it was Chase Claypool. The week before it was Deontay Johnson. The week before that it was Juju Smith-Schuster. It's just it's someone else every single week, and that's what I that's what I love about our ability to draft wide receivers in the lower rounds, as we discussed on Wednesday's show. I remember when I uploaded these. <laughs> Speaking of Roethlisberger, though. Obviously, a player who was drafted alongside back in 2004, Philip Rivers, was playing against the Browns last week. And it's fair to say that Rivers didn't exactly have the funnest of times. And that contributes to a great Browns pass defense. It leads the league in takeaways. And they also have the fourth best rush defense, which means that James Conner, who looked incredibly iffy against the Philadelphia Eagles, should probably struggle. He has had 200-yard games in his first four, but... Still not looking great. The Browns rush game, on the other hand, is brilliant. And I think this is going to be the key battle because they are the best offensively in the league of the rush game. Absolutely fantastic. They do come up against the Steelers' rush defense, which is second best in the league, though. And Blitzberg continues to pressure the quarterback well as well. Obviously, taking all of the sacks and all of the quarterback hits in the world. The Browns' O-line, though, has been good for Baker Mayfield, but that might be because they don't have to pass a lot. So, I don't know how, how much we take from the Browns doing well with their O-line. The Steelers' pass defense is weaker than the rush defense, though, 
and thus throwing the ball might be more beneficial for the Cleveland Browns. Um, just on that point, Alex, um, yeah, I'd agree. But what uh, do we think of that injury list? Because we have Odell Beckham questionable, Jarvis Landry questionable, oh, wow. and Baker Mayfield questionable. Right, Mayfield's questionable. Yeah, um, according to ESPN. I don't know how questionable that is, but if any of those are out, that's a massive loss. Like you say, mm-hmm. um, the Browns may have a lot more joy uh, throwing the ball this time, uh, given the Steelers' rush defence. Um, and they may be masking a little bit of deficiency in the O-line, like you say, if they're just relying on the run. But I think they're going to have to uh, rely on the run a whole lot more if you have Landry or Beckham out. Yeah, um, or especially both. if you have Baker Mayfield out. Yeah. Because he's so, not the greatest quarterback, but does anyone? can anyone here name the Browns back up? Actually, I've just realised I can. Case Keenum. Ah, oh, okay. In that <laughs> okay. case... He had I that think, one year, that one time. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, guys, either way, you're going to be relying on Hunt an awful lot in this game. Well, actually, now I think about it, that 2017 season started for him when Sam Bradford got injured and had to come off away at the Steelers. (laughs) So that was actually the start of that run, and he actually played relatively well in that game, though it looked a bit rusty. So maybe this is the start of another Case Keenum run where he takes the Browns to the Super Bowl and they win 85-0 against the Seattle Seahawks or someone. (laughs) Case Keenum actually does so well that they have to break the quarterback passer rating ceiling so he has a rating of 175 which wasn't possible before but he's just broken mathematics with his performance this is what i guess is going to happen i think that's a completely accurate description of events and you are basically clairvoyant alex yeah absolutely that that's a great title for this episode clairvoyant alex (laughs) (laughs) anyway does anyone else have any notes on this game before we have to predict it no, I think we've, we've covered it. Now? Alright, okay then. Right, get ready. The 4-1 Cleveland Browns travel to the 4-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care, I'm too scared I'm taking a Browns win. Um, yeah, just on the strength of this Browns team and their build... Mm, uh, it's such a hard thing to predict. I think this one won't be quite close. I have more faith in Alex's side than Alex does, and I'm going with the Steelers. Yeah, I just, I really, you know, your run defense is really good. Your, you know, your ability to blitz is just so, I, maybe I'm just traumatized from the game we had against <laughs> you, but your, your front seven are so scary. So I mean, it's really not. Yeah, um... And, you know, you guys are just able to find all of this wide receiver talent. I'm going to take an ugly Steelers win, but at the same time, every time we say this, it ends up being a blowout in some way. So, you know. If the Browns win, I'm blaming you both. (laughs) Fine. Okay, Josh, you have the next pick. Uh, Okay, in in the fashion that Alex took, but with going with his own side, I think I will as well. So I'm going with Jets at Dolphins. Okay. Um, this is uh, my first, of context, my first NFL game I watched live was um, Jets at Dolphins at Wembley. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick that day had a fantastic game for the Jets and we lost and he broke my heart. Um, it was 
Wait, Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> yeah, was playing for the Jets that day. Oh, right, that's what I was saying. Um, <sighs> this is a game I've not... I've never been... Uh, for, for context, I've never been as confident uh, going into this week, famous last words, of course, against the Jets and have been some time. Um, this is just because of a poor Jets side and a Miami side who actually look half decent. Um, Fitz had a fantastic uh, game last week. I was uh, really pleased with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. And we looked more solid on defence. Um, on the Jets side, the Jets are the Jets. Um, uh, Sam Darnold is still under the thumb of uh, Lord's Dark Lord of the Sith, Adam Gase. Is he um, playing? Um, Sam Darnold. Yeah, because uh, he was out last week. No, he's still out. Is he still out? He's, he's not on out. the... Uh... Why is he out? He's not on the injury list. It says, Darnold's shoulder isn't expected to be available for Sunday's game against the Dolphins, according to Rich Simini of ESPN. Oh, okay. Um, this list must not, must not be up to date then. Okay, in which case, um, who is their backup? It's Joe Flacco. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not yeah, sure it looks how much like faith Mekai I have Becton is also not going to be playing. Mm. Oh, well, that's great. Which. It's almost Good like they've been Gase. giving him too much too soon. Yeah. Well, it's almost right. like he was injured and then they put him back in. Yeah. On, a, on our side of the ball, um, Carl Van Noy is questionable, which I don't like. Um, as is Dave on God's show, who I, I... Oh, he's completely out, which is a shame, because I, I, I like him as a good player. Um, yeah, I, I'm... Famous last words, because I'm reasonably confident for this game, um, which I like to say against the Jets. I don't like the Jets uh, at all. So, yeah, hopefully looking forward to it. Yeah, Less fits magic last week, more fits near perfect. I, I did want to say fits perfect, but I forgot he didn't have a perfect rate. 154.5. The Jets' pass defense is 22nd in pass rating allowed, which is significantly worse than the 49ers. So, great. The Miami pass defense has been poor, though, until last week when we decided to bench Jimmy Garoppolo because they just weren't having it anymore. And I think that's because of key players coming back, I believe. Was it the first game back for Byron Jones and it was, yeah. um, Xavier Howard? Was it yeah, well? I, I commented uh, last time how good those two looked. Um, like I say, it is a shame Carl Van Noy's out, but um, having Byron Jones and Xavier Howard fit and firing is, is always a bonus yeah. for that Dolphins defence. Yeah, Miami are also really good at pressuring the quarterback, which the Jets are very good at allowing other teams to do to them. 24 <laughs> sacks allowed. And Fun fact that I found out this week, Fitzpatrick has never made the postseason, which um, we're all rooting to change. Uh, indeed. I mean, this is a 2-3 and three Dolphin side, but um, we're still above the Jets. The issue um, is, you're in the wrong yeah, I East. I think every team except yeah. for us is possibly above the Jets. I mean, we'll see... You're still above the Jets in my power rankings. I wanted yeah. to give them 33rd because they didn't deserve 32nd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, at least our coach isn't a, you know, coked-out idiot. Mm. The yeah. 0 and 5 New York Jets travel to the 2 and 3 Miami Dolphins. I don't want to jinx it, but I am taking the Dolphins win. Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins win as well. This is, uh, 
This is, I feel like, every week the Jets play someone for that team, it's a feel-good game where they get to beat the stuffing out of a bad yeah. team. It feels like a make-a-wish sort of thing. I want to <laughs> yeah. beat a really bad team. Yeah. the Jets. I'm yeah, going to throw a touchdown um, against an NFL team, and it's the Jets' defense. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird one for me. I don't... I am going to say the Dolphins. Um, I hope I'm not jinxing it to lose to this Jets side. We would be left out of the NFL. Yeah. Um, so I hope they don't take it for granted. Hope they keep their heads screwed on and come away with the W. I'll be honest. I'll be I mean, I peeved that... off if you lose. Mm. Yeah, I think that also, you know, Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick knows that as the bye week approaches, his time on the Dolphins is uh, possibly getting shorter. Needs so to get that money from another team. Pushing for, uh... I mean, honestly, the Giants are in need of a of a possible upgrade at quarterback. You know, I, I think that. that if Ryan Fitzpatrick moves on from the Dolphins this year and we get Trevor Lawrence, I think we start Ryan Fitzpatrick until the bye week to give Trevor some time this season, and then we transition out of the bye week. Yeah, and and with that, he will have completed the New York Triforce, which would be yeah. great. Yeah. Da, 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 da. See, that's one of the few I, video game yeah. things I actually know. <laughs> so, good for me. Okay, we'll... Oh, by the way, before before we go on, actually, on NFL Pick'em, 99% of fans have sided with Dolphins. <laughs> which really begs the question, what are the other 1% think? <laughs> There's that one hardcore Jets fan who just can't bring themselves I, to do I it. Think they're, I think they're rounding up I quite like substantially even, for the Jets. Even if there were like Jets fans who were that homery, I, I think they all died. Yeah. Like, I don't think they exist anymore. <laughs> Will you have the next pick? All right, since we're all picking home teams, I guess it is time for me to pick... The New York Giants and the Washington football team. Yay. Uh. Alright, so our first four games were against theoretically good teams. Well, no. The Bears and the 49... Well, the Bears were not expected to be that good, but hey, turns out they're actually decent. The and the 49ers were playing their backups, which is the only loss I've felt truly, truly apocalyptic about. Because that was against the 49ers' backups. But, you know, we had a close game these past two weeks. Um, we couldn't get it done because we are the Giants. And I think anti-clutch is just a part of our team mm -hmm. now. But this is also the Washington football team. Who are down to who was, at the start of the season, their second-string quarterback. Because Dwayne Haskins turned out to be terrible. And, in general, they've just not looked like a very good team. Admittedly, our quarterback's not doing much better, and if we had someone other than Colt McCoy at backup, we would probably uh, decide to put him in over Daniel Jones. But at the same time, it's... Uh, we're just a bad team, but the football team are also a bad team, so I really don't know where it's where this is going to go at this point on the one hand our receivers can't get any separation on the other hand the washington football team's secondary yeah our defense is good though which may cause uh may cause alex smith or kyle allen some problems depending on which one of them is uh, suiting up that day 
Well, it looks like Kyle Allen is set to start. Von Rivera did say that Kyle Allen would start if he was healthy, and there have been no new injury concerns coming out of Landover. This game is going to rely on two factors. One is who can keep the ball the best, and two is who can protect the quarterback the best. The quarterback protection for Washington is is bad. The 31st ranked O-line in the league, the Giants pass rush, has been proving itself to be relatively okay. The Giants O-line though is also poor and Washington's best ability in terms of our team is the pass rush. They are 6th in the league in sacks. Meanwhile, going on to the turnover battle, the Giants have had 9 turnovers, they're 29th in the league in that sense. Meanwhile, Washington have had 7 takeaways, meaning it's something that they do well. The Giants have had 6 takeaways, so it's something they can do well as well. So, if the key for the Giants winning, and well it is the key for Washington winning as well, is if Daniel Jones doesn't throw any turnovers, doesn't give any turnovers away, doesn't throw any interceptions and the Giants can protect him well better than the Washington football team do they'll win this game but the same applies for Washington In general I think it's ah, screw it, I'll take the Giants win uh, oh, really. I hate my life so much uh, oh. Mean Okay. That's my favourite part The 1-4 and four Washington football team travel to the New York Giants I wonder who Will is picking uh. Yeah, this is your chance to change. I'm going to go with no, Washington. No, I'm not it. jinxing it. I'm too scared for you. Yeah. I have to go for Washington, I'm afraid. It's yeah. very close. 49% uh. going with Washington on NFL. Pick them 51 for the New York Giants. If you can't conduct your own research on how fans are thinking the game will, will go, steal it. At least I've said NFL pick them, though. I'm not pretending it's my own research. <laughs> Anyway, I pick next, and I'm going to go with another game between two teams who are bad. Sorry. One team 0-5, one team 1-4. and I'm going with Falcons at Vikings next. So, obviously, the, reason, the main reason this is interesting is that Dan Quinn has been fired. We want to see if the Falcons can bounce back. We mentioned it last week with Bill O'Brien and... The number of times we've probably said on a beautiful game is lots. But when the new manager seems to come in or the new head coach, it seem, always seems to be a bounce back. We'll have to see if the Falcons can do that this week. The pass defence for the Vikings is bad. They are 24th in passive rating allow. They give up over 8 yards per attempt. And the Vikings also struggled last week against the Seahawks rush game that isn't isn't brilliant. So it's a good get game for Todd Gurley to continue to improve after a great week 5 performance against the Panthers. Turns out Todd Gurley is back to being 2015 Todd Gurley. So, good. Good. Matt Ryan needs to improve as well. I've mentioned how bad the Vikings pass defences, but good God did he struggle last week. A pass rating of 63.6. Can be slightly forgiven by the fact he didn't have Julio Jones, which... Obviously, still the big problem for the Atlanta Falcons. Calvin Ridley, though, has been doing a good job of, of you know, taking his place, but it, it's not enough. You can't you can't lose Julio Jones and then expect someone to pick up the flak fully. 
he is still listed as questionable for the game against the Vikings. Meanwhile, for Atlanta, on the other side of the ball, the pass defense is 32nd. And you may know, if you're one of them NFL super knowledgeable specialists, that there are 32 teams in the league. So that's not great. If only, if only they had a defensive specialist at head coach to coach them. That would have been better. As we know, Dan Quinn was always famed for his offense. Yeah. Kirk Cousins so far has been... Yeah. He needs to improve. And the Vikings' rush game has been as good as ever. Dalvin Cook might have struggled and gone off against the Seahawks. But Alexander Mattison is doing fantastically. The Falcons' rush defense is 19th. No, sorry, 13th. Don't know why I said 19th. Uh, the Vikings in this have really shown if we're being honest that they have played below their talent level you know looking at yeah. all the names on this roster the fact that they made the playoffs last year last year you'd have expected them to do better than they have but oof it has been very rough in fairness we're like they've looked time. better um I, mean, I completely agree with you they haven't performed um they reasonably seem to be getting their act together now i mean this is taking Kirk Cousins, who's had almost as many interceptions as he's had touchdowns. But uh, that aside, they've shown in a couple of recent weeks they are they are better than their records, at least on the talent side of the ball. And they sort of getting through to that playing. But I think, yeah, I agree, they're not quite there yet, and they need a good result. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Darwin Cook is still listed as questionable, so. That's not wonderful, to be honest. Yeah. But do we have more faith in Falcons now Dan Quinn has gone? Not immediately, to be honest no. with you. Um, I still think they've got it in them to bottle any sort of leads that they get. But saying that, I mean, surely it's only up from here. I don't really see how they can get much worse. So... You never know what a team free of the shackles of Dan Quinn can do. Never put it past the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they're twenty-eight to three up. They've got it in the bag. I could, I can't see how they'd, how they'd ruin Aww. this. Sorry, too, is it too soon? Dan Quinn like, holds my soon. beer. <laughs> anyway, let's see if we think they can bounce back then. The 0-5 Atlanta Falcons travel to the one and four Minnesota Vikings. Despite what I said, I'm taking a Vikings win. Yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings one as well. This Falcons team, honestly, kind of looks like they're done with the season. And, yeah, you know, it's it's reflecting in their play. Yeah, um, Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, the Vikings look better and the Falcons still the Falcons. So, Minnesota. Falcons going to Falcons. Indeed. Josh, you have an expert. Okay. And see if we can find a game with a bit more bite in it. Uh... Uh, yeah, LA Rams at San Francisco. That should be quite good. So this is San Francisco side coming off uh, a terrible game for them. They're reeling, they're running scared from the beard that's feared. Um, and they really need to bounce back, but I don't see uh, how they do it. Um, I mean, Garoppolo's... Uh, back for sure and I think with more game time he will get back to his best um, as for the rest of that side but 
this is a good Rams side. They're four and one. You know, Eric Goff is having a reasonably good uh, season. You know, throwing uh, over thirteen hundred yards, um, eight touchdowns. He's he's looking good. Um, Henderson's had an absolutely fantastic season, and as has Cooper Cup actually. So, um, this is a, a quite potent LA side, uh, truth be told, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether this game has come too soon for, for San Francisco, to be honest with you. They don't look good at the moment, and I think they need a few more games for a few more people to come back. And not just come back, but the people who have come back to get a few more games under their belt and find actual match fitness. So, um, I can see... Oh, we'll get on to predictions, but um, this should be a really, really tough game for San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. And... They, they need a bounce back performance. Jimmy G is going to come back in, having been benched last week, because it turns out the Miami Dolphins are much like their 73 counterpart. The 49ers O-line has been quite suspect all year. They allowed five sacks against the Dolphins. But luckily, you know, it's a week to relax, refresh, and oh, wait, Aaron Donald. <laughs> and not only that, Troy yeah. Reader had a really good game against the Washington football team as well. I believe he got three sacks on the day. So it's not even like, He's the only one you have to worry about. Then again, I'm pretty sure Washington on several occasions actually single-teamed Aaron Donald. Which, no. Don't do not do that. Anyway, the pass defense of the Rams has been doing well this season, mostly thanks to that great O-line. The rush defense is 10th in the league, which still might be the best option for Sam Fram. He most has been doing well. He even did well against the Miami Dolphins, as did the rest of the running back by committee. Talking about running backs, though, the Rams had just 3.7 yards per carry. Great. Against Washington. And it's not like Washington's rush defense is well-loved and seen as one of the best in the league. The Niners' rush defense is 11th in the league, which means LA should really be trying to exploit the pass. Jared Goff has been playing better this year than his spiking ability shows, and he's now coming up against a pass defense who really struggled last week, though I think we can more blame that on the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no human yeah, can have a beard so. like that. No, no I think it's fair to say he is ethereal. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would have to say that, you know, uh, the 49ers are in for a very rough time. I think that they are uh, kind of hitting the point where they need to start getting people back from injury and back in the groove. Otherwise, their Super Bowl chances can go bye-bye because they are in a very tough division. And, you know, it's unlikely at this point that they're going to be able to kind of dig themselves out of the hole and go up top, especially with the Seahawks. Yeah, absolutely. The 4-1 and one Los Angeles Rams travel to 2-3 and three San Francisco 49ers. I'm taking a Rams win. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams win as well. Uh, yeah, likewise. Um, they look a lot better than San Francisco at the moment, so I think Jared Goff could really exploit some weaknesses there. And Will has the next pick. Alrighty. And my next pick is going to be Packers and Buccaneers. Now, this is an interesting game. I think that we are going to see a Packers team which somehow, while constructed out of 
well, like, one good player at every position continue to do what they've been doing. They have looked really good against good teams. You know, Aaron... um, Aaron Rodgers has been having a really good season. I think that, you know, he's very much put to bed the idea of Jordan Love coming in and, uh, you know, taking the job from him at any point in the near future. Um, I think that it's going to be a good game. I think Aaron Rodgers has way more arm left in him than Tom Brady. I think the Buccaneers definitely struggled last week against the Bears. This might just, you know, last week might have just been the whole, you know, if you beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, it's harder to, you know, you, you can't lose against him in the regular season, at least not if you're BDN. Uh, but this Packers team is looking good, you know? This Packers team has shown that it's not exactly need excellent wide receivers. It has a good running game. It can do good things on the field. And, you know, the Buccaneers have definitely struggled a bit during the season. Yeah, so if I think this is so far, and I know the Packers haven't faced anyone who's particularly challenging. This is the toughest test that they've come up against, though... It does help them that the Bucks are missing Vita Vea, which might be one of the more important players on the Bucks. I, I know they've got Tom Brady, but I would argue that Vea is actually more important for what they've been doing. And that comes through when you look at the defensive stats. Tampa have the best rush defense in the league, but that's mostly thanks to Vita Vea, who is missing. And that's not great news, especially considering that the Packers have the fifth best rush offense and Aaron Jones is averaging 5.8 yards per carry, which is really good. The Tampa pass rush was also great thanks to Vea. They were fourth in the league. Well, they are fourth in the league. Though the Packers may have the best O-line in the league, which is really helping Aaron Rodgers, who has an average pass rating of 128.4. He is actually a real MVP candidate, and the Packers must must love that. Love. Get it? <laughs> uh... Anyway, Tampa... <laughs> Tampa's pass defense are 11th, and they've not even faced Rodgers yet, so excellent. Still better than the Green Bay pass defense, which is 27th, and they now have to face Tom, though Green Bay are good at pressuring the quarterback. For me, I would expect another large workload for Ronald Jones. He's been getting better and better and better, and the Green Bay pass, um, the Green Bay rush defense is also poor. Not a good pass defense, not a good rush defense, and yet they've still not lost, which is very confusing. Until you remember Aaron Rodgers, and then you... You know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Good, 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 good quarterback. Good quarterback is is one way to put it. Yeah, uh, and yeah, no, I think you know the the Bucks definitely have had their own fair share of struggles throughout the uh, season. Uh, you know, I think Tom Brady's not exactly having the the year he wanted. Uh, whereas the Patriots are, you know, the Patriots managed to find a replacement quarterback on the cheap, you know. So, yeah. A replacement quarterback who, and get this, is better than Brian Hoyer. That is also true. This, these are the facts. Is also better than Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. Jared Stidham. Uh, anyway, the, 
I, th I think this is going to be um, a close game. I think it could, with how the defences are eh, questionable, considering that the Bucks don't have Vita Vea, they become questionable. I, I think this could be quite a close game, to be honest. Anyway, yeah. the four and O oh, Green Bay Packers travel to the three and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm taking a Packers win. As am I. Um, looking yeah. at ESPN, um, they've got a matchup predictor with 53% Tampa. I don't think that's fair at all. I think uh, I think Green Bay have this. The lovely folks of NFL Pickham disagree. They've got 84% going to the Packers. Wow. I think he's. Mm, that's a bit much, but it's still more the right trend. Yeah. That's not saying 84% chance of the Packers win. That's 84% of people saying yeah. the Packers yeah. will win. I, I do still take the Packers win on this one, though. Yeah. And I have the next pick, and I'm going to go with... I've, we've just talked about how the Packers have 84% going with them. There is one game this week in which NFL Pick'em... All the people who play NFL Pick'em are 50-50. They are split. They are completely undecided. And we're going to go to that game. It's the Chicago Bears at the Carolina Panthers. 50-50. So, thanks for helping me pick who I was going to root for. Or, or predict for in this game. Teddy Bridgewater had a good game for the Panthers last week. 73% completion percentage on the year. Which is absolutely fascinating. And 8.2 yards per attempt. Which is absolutely brilliant. Last week, the Panthers, though, did face the Falcons. And as we've already discussed, the Falcons' pass defence isn't exactly the best in the world. In fact, it's the worst. They've The Bears' pass defence is much better. They've got the lowest completion percentage and the set are second in passer rating allowed as well. The rush defence is a big problem for the Bears, though. And while says no run CMC, Mike Davis has proven that he can more than fill his shoes. 5.8 yards per carry average thus far on the season, which is actually quite impressive. The Bears' run game is quite suspect, though. And the Panthers' rush defence is 25th, so it is a good chance for the Bears' rush game to get back into the swing of things. David Montgomery hasn't been doing well over the last few weeks, but this is a real chance to improve. And that's preferable to the pass for Carolina pass. The defense is eighth in the league. So it, I, I sort of see this as two underdog teams who will be seen as having overperformed, putting in good performances. And before I found out that the NFL community is completely split on this game, I put it should be close, which clearly the Pickham community agrees with. Yeah, this is, this is a really tough game. You know, the Panthers have... Uh, been more uh more than one would have thought this year you know i think we all thought that they were going to be pretty bad this year just because they'd lost a lot of players that normally had made them very good you know they lost luke keekley to a quick and early retirement you know they they lost uh, you know cam newton obviously and you know without christian mccaffrey everyone thought hey okay they're over um but at the same time uh, I think that the Bears definitely this year have been more than we thought they would be as well, because after last year, everyone thought, ha, 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 the Bears, they suck. Um, but, you know, even with Trubisky in, they were winning games, you know, they were not expected to do that, but they, ha you know, hell, they did. But, I don't know, this is a tough game to predict. These yeah. are both teams that are kind of solidly middle of the pack, which is the worst. So, mm. Yeah. The 4-1 and one Chicago Bears travel to the 3-2 and two Carolina Panthers. It's incredibly close, but I am going to take a Bears win. 
as am I. Uh, yeah, I am also going to take. Uh, I'm going to take the bears on this one. Okay, and looking for games we have left, which offer a bit of bite to them. Ooh. Arizona Dallas. Uh, yeah, so um, I think we said at the start of the season Dallas would be the side that underwhelms the most, and for the most part, they've 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 been good for that. Uh, prediction, uh, although Dak Prescott had, has had quite a good season um, uh, reasonably and Ezekiel Elliott has not um, his yards per carry haven't been fantastic um, although CD Lamb seems to have had uh, a great season as their probably main wide receiver uh, Arizona on the other hand hmm Kyler Murray needs to do better for me, and I don't know what you guys think about this one, but it's reasonably finely poised. Yeah, absolutely. And despite obviously not having Dak Prescott, Andy Dalton did play well against the Giants. Had a good game. CD Lamb, like you mentioned, proving himself. Ezekiel Elliott has improved, so that's promising for Dallas, and it helps with the Cardinals' rush defense is quite poor. They struggled against the Jets, which honestly is actually impressive. It's so bad, it's impressive. The pass defense isn't great either. The Cowboys' pass defense also very poor, but they did do well against Daniel Jones and the Giants. And whilst Kyler Murray presents a different challenge, he, he's not been outstanding this year. I believe his average pass rating is in the 80s, which isn't exactly what we wanted to see at the start of the year. <laughs> Kenyon Drake had a poor game last week, and whilst Dallas were okay with dealing with the rush, they are 27th in rush defense. I believe Kenyon Drake's running stats last week were under four yards per carry, which great, wonderful. So, yeah, how how important is this game for both sides? Obviously, Arizona, with the promise they showed at the start of the year, don't want to go 500, whilst Dallas really probably do. Yeah, I mean. At this point, winning this game might actually set the Dallas uh, Cowboys up to run away with the division because our division is trash. Um, As always, the, the Eagles. Jesus Christ, <laughs> imagine. Wait, didn't they win the division last year? Yes. Yeah, and they played the Seahawks and immediately they got taken out of the playoffs. In, in all fairness, deserved. I, I will at least give them the sympathy card due to their entire squad being injured. I'm pretty sure Josh McCown had to take up wide receiver duties because who else was left? Yeah, no, it's it's not looking great. And honestly, I don't know. This, this Cardinals team showed so much promise at the start of the year. And I think that they still need some time to develop. I think Cliff Kingsbury is definitely a, a good head coach at what he does. I think that... Kyler Murray is going to be a really impressive quarterback in the league. I love watching him just run around. Not entirely because he's shorter than most NFL players, so it's just... But, Please uh... keep that as a sound effect. Is that Zoidberg off your <laughs> yes. armor? I that think it might so be. That was so uncanny. That was so uncanny. That's staying in. But, yeah. You know, it's it's really fun to watch him run around. I hope that he does it in the future. I think that the Cowboys in this case are not a good team like every other team in the NFC East. And I think that the loss of Dak, who has basically been the person pulling them out of these, you know, gaping deficits they've been in, is going to really suck for the team. 
Hmm. I've just got an email from NFL Films. They want to hire you as a sound effects guy. If uh, if the law right. ever does you a disservice, just go into TV All and right. say Voice yeah. acting, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the three and two Arizona Cardinals travel to the two and three Dallas Cowboys. I'm taking a Cardinals win. Uh, I'm going to take a Cardinals win. Yeah. Is there any I'm game... actually also going to lock this one in. Ooh. Oh, wow. Wow. It was either that or Packers versus Box. Wow. 56% going with the Arizona Cardinals. So the Pickham community think are not as confident as you are. That's the yeah. Well, Monday Night Football, by the way, the other one. And because I didn't mention it, the Rams is for Sunday Night Football, which yeah, you don't get to watch it. Fun. Is there any other game that anyone really wants to go into before we go into our sort of quick rundown? No, I don't think so. Okay yeah. then. Let's do five matches, five minutes. It probably won't be five minutes. I don't know if anyone listened to the two-minute drill last week, but I'm sure it went on for at least eight or nine minutes. <laughs> so we're not very good at this anymore, are we? We're keeping time thing. Houston Texans at Tennessee Titans. So the Titans are seventh in terms of pass rating allowed, which means great news for Sean Watson. And... They're good at getting interceptions. Watson has already thrown five interceptions this year, which isn't what you expect from a quarterback of Sean Watson's calibre. The Titans' weakness is the rush defence. It is the best way to beat them. They're 27th in the league, so it's good that they get to face David Johnson, though on the other side he did have a good game against Jacksonville. And, like I said, the rush defence isn't strong. Derek Henry is still struggling three yards per carry against Buffalo whilst Houston's rush defense is 31st. So if, if he can't do it this week, there will be many sirens and alarms going off in my head. The pass defense for the Texans is 30th, and they've got to take on a guy called Ryan Tannehill. So good for them. Yeah, I think that uh, admittedly, the fact that the Sean Watson's having a down year is probably because of one, Bill O'Brien is the most inc- one of the most incompetent head coaches in the NFL, or at least was. And also, you know, he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins to kind of bail him out of a mistake anymore. You know, not that he made a lot in the first place, but when he did, hey, presto, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, a really good wide receiver, managed to snag the ball anyway and get him out of it. Yeah, absolutely. The one and four Houston Texans travels for the no Tennessee Titans. I'm taking a Titans win. I am also going to take the Titans win. Yeah, yeah, Titans and this was another candidate for the lock because haha the mm. Houston Texans. Actually, yeah, I think I'm going to lock this one. I was, gonna gonna lock a, I was quite literally over a Ming and it, but yeah, I think I'll be locking that one. One of the more confident ones for the NFL community, 93% siding with the Titans. Cincinnati Bengals at Indianapolis Colts. You've got like the youngest, you've got a quarterback who's 12 going up against quarterback who's 507. So. You know, you get you get a bit of everything in this game. <laughs> Philip Rivers needs a rebound game. My my fun stat is that he's had three games in which he hasn't had to throw at least thirty pass attempts. So three games in which he's thrown under thirty pass attempts, and two games where he has thrown more than thirty pass attempts. The Colts are three and two, and I'll let you figure out how them sort of games align themselves because. 
surprise, it follows a pattern. Despite losing, the Bengals actually had a really good game on pass defense. They held Lamar Jackson to a 71.9 passer rating and fewer than 100 yards through the air at least. The pass defense is fourth in rating allowed. The Bengals' rush defense is their big weakness. They're 29th in the league, and you would say it's a good chance for Colts, but despite having Jonathan Taylor, who has been playing well this year and has over four yards per carry on the season, the Colts are 20th in rush offense and last in yards per carry, which I think is around three. It might be 2.9, which... Just give up, lads. The Colts' defense is much better. The rush defense is... Third, they have the Browns to under four yards per carry, and the pass defense is first, and that's no matter which way you cut it, you could use rating allowed, you could use yard per game, yards per attempt, whatever, first. Um, Joe Burrow is getting pressured too much, the Bengals are last in sacks allowed. Phillip Rivers needs to prove that, you know, he deserves a, a, a good team, and, you know, that the Chargers were not just kind of where he belonged for the re- for most of his career. Yeah. I mean, again, if, if they can limit his how, how often he needs to throw the ball, they'll, they'll win. If, if, they, yeah. if they can't and he's throwing over 30, then they'll struggle. The 1-3-1 one, one Cincinnati Bengals drive to the 3-2 Indianapolis Colts. I'm taking a Colts win. I am also going to take the Colts win here. Yeah, likewise. Okay, let's go on to the next game then. Denver Broncos at New England Patriots. And, yeah, this is a game between two sides who have lots of injuries. All yeah. of injuries. That's Edelman is still I mean, questionable. Cam Newton's back. Yeah, but that like, one nice good wide receiver is not. That is also true. This is, uh, you know... Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's... You know, the Patriots have been making do with a lot less this year, and the Broncos are at a point where they may as well just pack up and leave because the, the mm. season's kind of over. It, it looks like Drew Locke might be back, though. So. Well, that's something. That's, that's not progress. working with Jeff Driscoll. He's not being. He's not listed, though. I'm, I'm honestly not sure because sometimes this website just doesn't want to tell you whether they're injured or not. The 1 and 3 Denver Broncos travel to the 2 and 2 New England Patriots. I'm taking a Patriots win. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to take the Patriots win on this one. It might be different if this was, you know, different uh, a different Broncos side with all of its players mm. back and healthy, but, you know, it's not. Baltimore Ravens at Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles made it uncomfortable for the Steelers last week, though I would blame that more on the Steelers because you have to kind of be a bit bad to allow the Eagles to even keep it competitive and the Ravens will not let them get away with that this week yeah this is a uh, this is what we call a uh, a kind of chill game where you can mostly just laugh as the uh, Eagles Mm. uh, kind of screw things up awfully and I mentioned how Lamar Jackson had a bad game last week which means it speaks volumes that he can have a bad game as a passer and the Ravens can still dominate in victory uh, it wasn't even close at any point because it turns out they've got more than Lamar Jackson. Who would have known? Uh, I do, mm. unfortunately. <sighs> the four and one Baltimore Ravens travel to the one three and one Philadelphia Eagles. I am locking Ravens. 
I mean, yeah, the Ravens are going to win. I'm not just to jinx them. I'm going Ravens as well. Yeah. And the final game, then, is the Detroit Lions at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a game that exists. This No, Alex, this is yeah. prime time. This, this is, is prime time. Ryan Stafford throwing 375 yards. You know what? I don't care what you think about pre-game. We are discussing Lions at Jaguars because that is better than every soccer game combined from the weekend. <laughs> I mean, what else would you want to watch? Round the, cl- round the clock, 24-hour coverage, previewing this game surely is the way to go. Are we not looking forward to the masterclass that is Gardner Minshew? I mean, we're always looking forward to seeing Gardner Minshew, in all fairness, but... Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, well, the team around him isn't very good, and they're not very good, but it's also the Lions, who have been in a situation to win a couple times and have yet failed to do so. Yeah, neither of these teams are great. No, I'm surprised they did not shift this back to a Thursday night game, because this is peak Thursday night football. This is so Thursday night football. This is a game that screams prime time on the least great night to have football. The least best night to have The worst. I don't know why I just didn't say the worst. Just, just the worst, I am not... Yeah. I do not have a degree in English. I think that I started to come through quite clearly. Anyway, the 1 and 3 Detroit Lions travel to the 1 and 4 Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm... Do you know what? Tie. I'm going to take a tie. No, I'm not going to take a tie. Um, I'm going to go with Detroit. Yeah. 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 Bro, they've burned me once. Shame on them. I wonder if they'll do it again. (laughs) Yeah. 14-0 Fourteen 0 up against the Saints, and you do that. Just uh, anyway, the NFL seems to have a bit of a COVID problem. Yeah, think. Yeah. <laughs> so we've we have mentioned the Colts game, and we've mentioned the Falcons game. Was it the Falcons? It was. It was the Falcons, but we honestly don't know if they're going to be played. And. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on this show. The Week 18 idea is gaining a lot of ground. It's gaining a lot of plausibility because, I mean, what was your option? I agree with that, Alex. Um, mainly from that standpoint, what is the other option? Um, it's not like we're adding any more games, but we just... Why not push the season back one week, two weeks? Um, it's not all from the grand scheme of things. The off-season for the NFL is already traditionally quite large compared to other sports you know there's scope for coping with it not, I mean, not a massive amount but there still is that scope so so why not um, and it just gives the whole system a bit more time to cope with uh, potentially rising cases and just a bit more freedom to deal with it yeah absolutely so apparently it's going to be a last sort of minute decision to see if they can play the Bengals Colts game on Sunday and if that's not going to happen it will um, they'll delay the game to October 25th and then move games around and bye weeks so great it's getting to the point where you can't really react to this in any different way other than get a week 18 yeah yeah has anything else happened in NFL news? Because I'll be honest, I haven't had the time to research. 
there's not been a massive amount aside from Le'Veon Bell getting cut, which means that the Jets are still paying his salary and then signing with the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, the Colts so I would in. know, I would know he yeah. still would have had more if he signed the contract the Steelers offered him. Ha! He would. Funny. Okay. Sure. I find it funny anyway. But yes, it is funny. I didn't write a two-minute drill again this week. Wow. <laughs> you might, you might know that last week we did it in a totally not off the cuff or made up in any way sort of format, and. I was I was actually thinking, oh, I'll ask, are they in favour of a week eighteen? But I, I just did, so yeah. so what's the point? Uh, we'll go through a few questions. How do you react to the NFL official power rankings putting the Packers first? I, for one, am bowled over by it because I I yeah, don't see seems, it. That seems a little Very much. Reaction, I think that they're going to do yeah. well. I think they're going to go into the playoffs again this year. I think yeah, they're going yeah, to make yeah. a fairly deep run in the playoffs. I think the Seahawks are by far the best team. Here's the thing. You say reactionary. It's not even reactionary because they won a bye week last week. There's nothing to react to. You can't say, oh, they did really well against literally no one. Which might be the state yeah. of the NFL in a couple of weeks when, as COVID starts to shut down more facilities, you'll just yeah, have the Buffalo we'll Bills. We'll a theoretical Super Bowl champion. We'll run like 40,000 simulations and whoever comes out on top. It turns out the entire NFL season is purely dependent on Cynthia Freeland and uh, her supercomputer. Yeah, I put the Seahawks first. Uh, the Athletic put the Ravens first, which I, f- I don't think is entirely unreasonable. But they use, like, numbers and stuff. Why they yeah. use smart This, this kind of brain. feels like everyone else... Yeah. I can't remember what they said they used to figure it out, but it was it was computer calculation. By the way, if we're going to talk about power rankings, Mammy Dolphins up to 15th, eh, Josh? Let's go! Woo! That's well, in hey. mine. I don't Are know if anyone agrees with this. still not 32nd? No, you're 30th, like uh, you have been for the last few weeks. Alex, I think based on you, the beard sorry, alone, we should be 30th. 30th. That's on mine. I don't know about us, because I, I didn't look enough. I just looked at who Dan Hansis had put number uh, number one and went, what? <laughs> and then sort of left it there. Let, let's have a look at where the Athletic have yeah. everyone. Because I trust them now more than I do Dan Hansis as much as I like the Around the NFL podcast. Let's see. I mean, you're not going to be 32nd because the Jets exist, so why would you be 32nd? The webpage decides to not bother. Uh, yeah, the Giants thirtieth on on the um, Athletic as well, which means I'm completely right, and all of my views are completely validated. Which means Cowboys yeah. fans can't complain about being twenty fourth. Deal with it. Oh, they don't have the Cowboys twenty fourth. I, I am so tired. <laughs> Murray Dolphins twenty second. Get out of here. Fifteenth. Fifteenth on mine. This shows, and I'm sure Josh will agree, that my power rankings Sorry, are kind better. Of... I think it shows that my right. Miami Dolphins should be third, and that's just Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard. So, there we go. Yeah. Uh, it goes Seahawks first, Chase Claypool second, Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard third, the whole nation of Canada fourth. I think they deserve it. They, they yeah. you know, helped Chase Claypool become a thing. Very good hmm. of them. But... Out of interest, 
because you um no, do you know what? I forgot where I was going with that. I don't know why I'm trying to stretch out the end of this show. Based on what we discussed last week. Sure. Schumacher or Hamilton? Oh, <laughs> you can't ask me that question, Alex. Uh, I just did. Uh, sh- oh, yeah, Schumacher. No. I'm oh. taking Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. I'm Hamilton. taking Hamilton. Not by much. Not by yeah. much, but. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to reflect badly on Michael's character, but if you look at how Mercedes have hired drivers to line up next to Hamilton, they've at least wanted them to be competitive and encouraged them to be competitive with Hamilton, and they've struggled yeah. because they're not Lewis Hamilton. I very much get the sense that wasn't the case at Ferrari. I think that's fair. Also, Schumacher's attitudes. Um on the track as well for me. Oh, and yeah. Do you remember 2010 Barrichello? Yeah. That was our writing model. No, it was. And, I mean, looking at the, uh, 97 the 2010s, well. you look at the 2010s and you can say that barring the a bit of a Vettel at the start and a year of Rosberg, Hamilton's been yeah. utterly dominant. Yeah, absolutely. Can you say the same for Schumacher, having such an extended period of pure I dominance? mean, he had 2000 to 2004... But that's just because the Ferrari... That, that 2004 Ferrari, for example, that is the furthest away for me a car has been from the rest of the grid. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that... That was ridiculous. I don't think Hamilton has had the car that's been as dominant as yeah. that 2004 and Ferrari was. The, the other thing as well, um, this is the last thing before we actually stop doing the show, because when you're having elongated conversations about Formula 1, it's time to end your NFL show. But... <laughs> The other thing as well is that when Ferrari were dominating in the early 2000s, and even before that in the late 90s, the head of the FIA was Max Mosley. And by the way, obviously son of Oswald Mosley, the famous British fascist, make of that what you will. That's fun. But yeah. Max Mosley will say liked Ferrari. Like a lot. Mm. Like enough to try and rig the sport in their favour a lot. In my opinion. So, the fact that he also, whether directly or indirectly, whether it was his, what he wanted or not, he did benefit a lot from the politics of the period. And that has to be taken into consideration, because Hamilton didn't, and hasn't. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, with that conversation about Formula 1, I think it's time to end, isn't it? NFL yeah, Blitz, yes. Probably, yeah. yeah. Th- thanks for coming on, though. Yeah, no, it was that- a pleasure. But yeah, that is all the time we have on the NFL Blitz today. Thank you for listening. My thanks go to Josh and Will. The intro and end music for the NFL Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. We're back on Wednesday to review all games from week six of the NFL season. Until then, I've been Alex Ward Don't just have a good weekend. My the best play in NFL history. Have an immaculate one. Goodbye. <laughs>